that was that was so funny. Someone's like, you know, Pink's at the show right now, and I was like, I, I kind of don't know what Pink looks like. I'm like, I forgot who Pink is. Uh, she hasn't been on my radar. And then I turned around, and Pink and her kids and her her bodyguard was outside the door, and they're like, oh my god, they're like, holy crap, this is insane. Look, she's like, whoa, look at these ceilings, and she's like, can we have a card? And I was like, that's Pink. It's <laughs> like, yes. yes, let's let's tell a band to Pink. That would be so rad. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next? And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. This season, we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures. Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's very special episode of the RV Atlas. Today, I'm incredibly excited to have on the show my friend Chris from Sequoia and Salt Camper Vans, which is based right here in the great state of New Jersey. Chris is the co-founder and co-owner of Sequoia and Salt, along with his wife, Sarah, and they are not only based right here in New Jersey, they are based just one town away from where I live. So I have been following their journey for all three years on social media, and I, I, I comment all the time. I've gotten to know Chris a little bit over social media, as much as you can get to know somebody over uh, social media, because I literally love following them. I love seeing seeing their van builds. They are absolutely stunning. They have a real coastal vibe. Um, and quite frankly, I want one of their custom vans. I want to do a van with Sequoia and Salt very, very badly. Uh, and I actually got to meet Chris in person recently. So while I was at the Hershey RV show selling our Where Should We Camp Next books at my booth, uh, I looked up and there he was. And we have, had never met in person, but he walked into the Giant Center to come say hello to me because we'd gotten to know each other on social. So I appreciated that so much. And I've just gotten to know him uh, much better since then. Uh, I went over with my cousin and visited their facility in Manasquan, New Jersey, and got to see a bunch of the vans in person. And they are incredibly beautiful to see in person. And the quality stands out when you step inside of one of these Sequoia and Salt vans the craftsmanship is absolutely remarkable. So on today's episode of the RV Atlas podcast, we're going to do like a Sequoia and Salt 101. We're going to walk you through the founding of the company. We're going to talk about the different floor plans that they create because they do have some preset floor plans, including the Stoke, the High Point, and the Raritan. And we're going to talk customs. We're also going to talk about their power systems, um, the process of ordering a Sequoia and Salt camper van. We'll give you everything you need to know. And I really encourage you to dive into the show notes at the RVAtlas.com uh, to check out some pictures of these gorgeous Sequoia and Salt vans. I think a camper van would make a lot of sense for my life right now and for our lives, uh, particularly as the kids are getting older. Um, and I need to start saving my money because I want one really, really badly. Um, excited to have you meet Chris. But before we do so, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Camco and our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, 
outdoor living and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals. But their lineup of products doesn't end there. Camco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next great adventure. From portable grills and campfires to ease lift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two. And it's true. We still use Camco products that we bought 12 years ago when we started RVing. This year, we are stocking up our new RV with go-to Camco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Camco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVATLAS10. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed weekends like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023 because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit JellystonePark.com. That's JellystonePark.com. And please, don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Hello, Chris from Sequoia and Salt, and welcome to the RV Atlas for the very first time, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Um, it's so exciting. I'm like very excited to have you on the show. You're you're just in the Likewise. next town. You're in the next town <laughs> over, which is crazy. And I am dreaming of owning one of your camper vans, but let's not get into that right now. So in in this podcast episode, I want to give our listeners a, an overview of Sequoia and Salt. I want them to kind of learn everything they need to know about your company. Um, but before we dive into Sequoia and, and Salt. Talk to me about what you were doing before you and your wife, uh, Sarah, started this company. Oh, man. All right. You got time? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? And how did the, the question really is, how, how, what led you up to this point, right? Like what was going on in your life that led you up to the point of going, oh, my God, I want to start a custom camper van company? Okay. So back. Oh, man, this is I'm going to have to like dissect this. Sorry. Part one. I used to live in San Diego. So um, my wife and I, I was a, a camera operator out in California. I was a photographer. Um, and my wife and I were living in Hollywood and Sandy hit. And so she moved back to New Jersey because her family's house just got destroyed during the storm. And during that time, I was uh, I was filming the Jonas Brothers. I was their photographer. I was touring around the country with them. And then I was filming for Willie Willie Nelson and his family, um, and this thing called Jam in the Van. So I had at that point I had 
already photographed around 400 bands and I was spending so much time living in and out of tour buses, in hotel rooms around seven, eight months out of the year. And it started getting dusty. It was just, uh, it was, I liked it, but at the same time, I was just kind of like burnt out from constantly moving, like constantly in transit. And so when my wife had to go back, I was like, listen, we had already started a family out here. So I'm like, let's, um, let, I'm going to, I'm going to have to stay out here. I'm going to have to get rid of our stuff. And I moved down to San Diego. And then I was like, as soon as I moved to San Diego, like something clicked. I was like, man, there's a lot of homeless people here. Like there are like, I lived in Pacific beach and like there was a camper on every corner and it wasn't even like in my view, but it was nuts to me. I was like, there are so many campers here. And I was like, wait a second. Are all these people living in their vans for free? <laughs> this is amazing. So at that time, I had told my production, I said, listen, hypothetically speaking, if I lived in a camper van uh, in an RV traveling the country with you guys, and I'm not staying in these hotel rooms, could you guys pay me my rate, you know, plus my per diem, plus my hotel? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, done. That next week, I just, I went online. I would do this weird thing. I'd go on Craigslist before I'd go to bed. Like these days I go on Facebook before bed and I like to type in like where it's like treasure rare <laughs> vintage and i loved seeing like what sort of pops up and um and so one day i just i typed in rare and a 1977 toyota pop top chinook that was fully restored was on there and i was like oh my gosh i've never even seen this before this is like a unicorn i didn't even know how cool it was and then that next day i drained my bank account i told my my uh my roommates i was like hey i'm moving into a camper and i'll I'll be outside. And so uh, that's what I did is I moved into my camper, which was my new home. And um, from there, I just, I lived in the, I lived in my van for the entire year traveling all over the country. And, uh, you know, after it was about, it was around eight months after eight months, my, my now wife called me up and she said, Hey, Chris, um, are we still dating? And I said, I'll, I'll be home tomorrow. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and, and drove, drove the van cross country. I drove that thing for 54 hours. I drove it back home. Um, and in that transit home, I mean, let me just tell you that before I started this company, I, I mean, there was a complete learning curve. You know, I was a video photo guy and I, I didn't, you know, don't come from a background where I can just you know, pick up and call someone to have money and stuff like that. So I, everything failed with me that first week in that van it rained like it never rains in california i woke up my mattress was soaked i woke up like underwater and i was like oh crap i didn't realize like things leak and then you know my uh, i was out in the desert and like my batteries almost exploded and 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 on that tr uh that ride to new jersey i hit a deer going 80 miles an hour and i had to rebuild my engine on the road so, so you were like a knight in shining armor coming home with this this old Chinook van, <laughs> right? To, to I was something so, because like you did not want to like lose this relationship, right? So what did so okay? So then like what did Sarah think of like the van? Like where did things go with the van from there and you guys? So when I had when I was out in California, I had like accessibility because I would take it to like Baja to go surfing. And like, if you're in Mexico, you can get a lot of those earlier Toyota parts quite easy. 
being back in New Jersey, like I rebuilt my engine with climbing gear. But when I got back home, I had a hard time rebuilding the structure of the van and like, you know, move back to New Jersey and trying to start a life. And, and, uh, I just so stupidly sold it. It's, it's a, it's a pain point for me. <laughs> I wish oh my I, I, I would buy it back today for triple the price. And so the guy tried selling it back to me and I was like, nah, man, it's yours now. And, and I'd, I'd be open arms. <laughs> so h- how do we get from that point to Sequoia and Salt? Were there more van adventures for you or, or did, was it the Chinook that inspired you to start your own custom van company? No. So when I moved back to New Jersey, um, I took my background in photography and I started a photo booth company. And the uh, and during that time, I had sold this one van. I bought another Toyota Vintage, rebuilt it, exploded on me. I had problems. Then I bought a, a I bought a um, Ram Promaster fifteen hundred for my photo booth business. And during the pandemic, my photo booth business kind of like didn't go under, but like there was no one having events. Until one day I was picking up food and my buddy who was the bouncer at this this bar goes, hey man, like you should, you ever heard of Outdoorsy? My wife and I just came from California and we rented a van on Outdoorsy and I was like, oh, I never heard of it. And next thing you know, Outdoorsy kind of opened my eyes to like all these people who were renting my van now were also interested in buying a van. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. So yeah, that's, that's the, I can, I can go on with that. Do you want me to go on with it? So, no, yeah, tell me a little bit more in terms of how you get to that aha moment where you decide to to do Sequoia and Salt. Okay, so I was so now I have all these people renting my van. Everyone's interested in in buying a van, and my buddy, um, very very good friend, best friend, uh, owns a a big uh, RV dealership in um. By Millstone, um, Colonial Airstream. And so Nick um, reached out to me and was like, hey, you know your way around RVs. We're selling RVs like crazy. And he's like, we could really help. We can use some help on the sales floor. So I then worked with Nick while I was renting my van. And I'm now renting my van and I'm also selling vans now to people or helping them aid in selling vans. And I'm like, I really tested my market very well into to that background. And then I had this aha moment of like, wait, I know how to build these. I know how to rent them. I know how to sell them. Like, let me just take a huge risk right now and give it a, a shot. And that's when I had my aha moment of like, let's go for it. I didn't know about the part of you selling at Colonial. So when you say you were selling vans, like you were selling Class B Winnebago's there and and Class B Airstream vans there, among other things. But you, so you learned that retail side of the of the marketplace, yes. and you had the actual van life experience for real. What what a great combination! Yeah. So I mean, like, I'm I'm a huge, I love Shark Tank. I I've always loved Shark Tank, and as an entrepreneur, um, it, it's just a great show. That's like. When you see the, when you see a really successful business in there, it's like it, you got X, Y, and Z. And like if you if you want to be successful, don't go in with your eyes closed. You got to have as much data. I mean, unless you have financial background where you where you can fail. But I don't come from that, so I'm like I need to make sure that if I'm going to invest in this thing right now, if I'm going to take out as many credit cards as they'll sell me, or <laughs> then I better know what I'm doing. And and that moment, I think 
it was I was scared, but I was more so like high in the sense of like, damn, I've got a good idea and like people really like my van that I rent right now and I'm gonna make this van a thousand times better and how can someone say no? And what year was that when you when you had the aha moment and said, Well, I'm gonna start my own custom van company? How that long was in, ago was that? That was in two thousand and nineteen. And we opened in 2020. And why Sequoia and Salt? And and I I don't know if I've said this to you before. I absolutely love that name. Um, it's kind of a magical name for me that that kind of sparks this feeling of like wanderlust. And um, but but why? What's the story with the name? I'm gonna tell you know what I'm gonna tell you just because I I I really like you and I and I think people get a good kick out of this. So I we tossed around a lot of different names and. We came up with so many different variations, and um, my buddy who was helping us design our website and and come up with our name and all this stuff, we were like, at one point, I was I was trying to build my customer, right? And I was I was trying to I was like, okay, you know what? They're gonna be they're gonna be a successful somebody in their like late thirties, early forties, you know, fifties, you know, wherever wherever they live, but they like. They like like Persol glasses. They have they like the finer things. They like Panagonia. They like traveling. They like to be outdoors, but they like to have good gear with them. And I was like, they identify with like <laughs> like nice soaps. <laughs> and I was like, Chris, I identify with nice soaps, but let's not I go know, into that so right I, now. I, so I know exactly like, what you mean. A little bit of a glamping feel to some degree. Yeah, like you go into a good hotel and you pick up a good soap, and you're like, man. This this not only smells good, this can probably be good for my skin. So Sequoia and Salt actually, I mean, in the in the deep side of Sequoia and Salt was when I lived in my van, I had a like a profound experience in Sequoia National Park because I had been pretty much a solo traveler my entire time. And I remember I parked on the bottom of Sequoia National Park, which I'd never been before. And sure, we're from the East Coast. We're wooed by big buildings, but maybe you know, my two-year-old son, when he goes to New York the first time, is going to be like, this is magical, right? That's how I was. We were all like that. But a tree that's 300 feet tall and almost 20 feet wide that you can walk into, that was something that was like, wow, we're ants in this world. This is this is bigger than us. And I started in the base and I went up. It was desert. I drove in. It was like foggy and the foggy turned into hail and then it became and then it was snowing because I went in the winter and I was taking photos and I saw these like this pack of deer. I don't know. I, think, I just saw a pack of deer. They're in packs. Uh, I saw a bunch of deer. <laughs> they were all hanging out. And so I got my camera out and I'm like, you know, kind of inching in a little closer, a little closer, a little closer. And now I'm I'm standing like in 50 deer taking photos. Like I got to my knee. I'm taking photos of these deer like you know, inch from my camera lens and they were so comfortable with me being there. And I was just like in the snow and I was like, wow, Sequoia. So Sequoia like has a really, I, there's a part of me that like loves Sequoia. I, there's something magical about that place. And that being a traveling photographer, my main objective was more so surfing than it was taking photos, traveling to Baja, going up to Canada, tra- you know, finding untamed surf breaks um and so i just can i the two kind of married together very well where the it's it's an endless debate among 
RVers, van life people, you know, what, what, what do you love the most, the mountains or the sea? And you don't, you know, as an RV owner, as a van owner, you don't have to choose one or the other because you're mobile. Like you can do both. Right. So I, I love the mountains and I love the sea as a, a, a Jersey Shore guy who grew up surfing here. So I, I love the fact that the name sort of marries those two things. So you started Sequoia and Salt. And when you started, you were, well, well, when you started, did you have this very, like the vans have such a unique, distinct, I think of it as a coastal style. Did that style develop over time or, or, or have they, were they just kind of all born in that way with that look that you have? I think the style, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I'm going to give this one for my mom, to my mom, because, you know, my dad, my dad's a chef, my mom's a nurse, but my mom has always been obsessed with like HGTV. Like there was always TVs in our house that always had like the Food Network didn't leave the TV downstairs where my dad was. You know, we'd fall asleep to Food Network. My mom always had HGTV on and I've always had engraved in me like this, the sense of style of, of, of something that's going to feel like it's texture, right? It's, it's seeing something, smelling something, feeling something. It's real, right? And so for me, traveling the country, I got to sort of see a different side of it. You know, I, I, I got to go through different places I'd never been before. I got to break down in places, you know, and, and figure it out. And, and all of that stuff together combined kind of allowed me to bring the beach style which you have shiplap you know in some of our vans but our backsplash on our beds that's like a southwestern style right so i did not want to identify with being like this i wanted to be my experience together and i think that's where our style kind of birthed and you and i have talked about this previously um a lot of class b vans that are out there by the major manufacturers are, are kind of dark and cave-like or they can be depending on the floor plan. But when you see one of your interiors, they're very light, very bright, very open. Is there any other way that you'd kind of describe the interior styling of your van in terms of what makes them unique? And obviously go to uh, your website, right? Which is sequoiaandsalt.com. And, and we'll have a blog post on the rvatlas.com with pictures. But yep. how else would Sequoia you describe- Sequoiaandsaltvans.com. Yeah. How else would you describe the interior visually? I would just say sophisticated. I feel like it's it bears design. Like it is designed. It doesn't look, you know, one of the things that I learned and there's listen, there's something for everyone out there. So I I will never trash talk. I'll just say that there's something for everyone. You know, when I worked in the RV industry selling vans or you know, I got to notice that there was a style that I didn't identify with. You know, there are a lot of different campers out there and there's a lot of different styles. And for some reason, why do 95% of them not appeal to me? And I feel like as a country, and I could be wrong about this, but this is, this is my take on it, is that the Class BRV, the camper van, was so popular during the times of like Woodstock, right? There was like, that, that was like the, the booming era, like, of the time where we're seeing VW buses coming out, we're seeing all this like hippie culture. There was like, it was a young person's sport. It was an old person's sport. It wasn't just for just one. And then something happened, which you probably know more than I do, but something tipped there where we went, this is just for this market. And we're going to appeal just for this market. And now we're in a place where 
the housing market's crazy, you know? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of people like me. There's a lot of people that are in New York who are like, they see something a little bit different aesthetic and they want to move into it full time. So it's like, I guess that's my take. I don't know cool. if I answered your question there. Well, to to me, like it's it's cozy but airy but open, like a adorable beach cottage. The colors tend to be light, where so many class Bs are very dark. I love the look. So when you started building these custom vans, what chassis were you building on, and and where were you building them? Like where were you actually doing this? Because you're in a new facility now. So so walk us through that. Like what vans did you start with, and like what facility were you doing this in? Okay, so when we first started building vans well we were building them on the ram pro master 2500 159 inch wheelbase because i had a 1500 136 and it was already achievable knowing how to build that van to jump into something a little bit bigger and we knew having a low top van was not going to be a huge seller um but we were building them in an avon by the sea in a garage well outside of a garage that was 600 square feet so we had like basically our chop saw and our you know we were building everything was happening outside in the winter time we had this big fire pit and we would just load it up i went to gasco's and i bought a bunch of firewood and we would load up this fire pit so there's this like dumpster fire that would go the entire time and we were building these vans out in the damn snow i mean i remember the the, the day the first day it snowed it was like it was like up to our knees we we're like damn we gotta finish these vans we got a lot of vans to do and uh, eventually, the town caught wind of it, and they kicked us out, which was probably the best thing that happened to us. <laughs> so, the, yeah, the people of Avon didn't like this operation going on like this. So, so, and I'm from the Jersey Shore, so I can like Avon's kind of like a wealthy, upscale kind of town. So, where did you move from there? And and also, I'm asking you two questions at the same time. How did things uh, evolve in terms of what types of chassis you were using? So we moved from there to wall township so we moved from 600 square feet to 3500 square feet which was like amazing i mean we could be in we could build inside which was the best thing in the world um and we continued building the ram pro masters uh we built our at that time we were just building our raritan uh floor plan our raritan floor plan we built the entire first year of production we built one van and my theory was I wanted to get I, – I don't like going to a restaurant that sells a lot of stuff, a lot of different flavors, a lot of different foods. Even though I like flavors, I like when I go somewhere and they're like, hey, we make that thing really good. Trust in us that you do not need the other – if you like this van, then we will build you this van really well. And so our first year, we really spent our time – honing in on our craft, figuring out our team, making sure that we could really build this business right and have the right skills to back it up. And so, yeah, so our first year was just just the Ram Pro Masters up until almost towards the end of our second year is when we started taking on different uh, vans. Like, the, the, did you go to the Sprinter next? Yeah, we went with the Sprinter next. Um, I mean, within the Ram Promaster, you have the 136, the 159, uh, 159, 159 Extended, and then you have the Sprinter, you got the 144, 170, 170 Extended. So it's like, even though you're working on one van, when you start building in 
the different floor plan sizes, like it still changes. You have to re-engineer a lot of these vans. So I don't see it that I only built one van. I built okay. three different vans, right, in our first year with the same floor plan. But then when we took on the Sprinter, again, that's three different vans, even though it's the same brand, you know. So we, you understand so, what I mean? Yeah, it's and it seems important to you to your to your company that you get something wired before like moving on to the next thing is that fair to say yeah so we have had and i i've I've done this just because i don't want to fail and there's a side of me that's just like i want to be able to just build these right and i don't want to take a too big of a bite you know i want to make sure that our customers we're here for our customers if our customers need us we can we can help them right we we do national sales right now and it's great. We can give time to every customer. But if I was going to say yes to everyone who comes us, I mean, in our first year alone, people with 18 wheelers, people who've got big class A's with boats, all this stuff. And it's like, it, I'm so happy I stuck to my gun and didn't say yes. Because we wouldn't be here today if we did. There's absolutely no way that you can, you know. Would have been a big distraction from, you know, f formulating a cohesive brand, which you re really are right now. Yeah. So... We do we do custom work now, um, but we do it right. We we finally have um, all of our our custom process now is we have everything is digital. We do not have a cabinet maker in house anymore. We do everything from the computer. We are true manufacturing. We do CNC, which is digital cutting. We we three D um, photograph these vans. So these vans come in, we photograph the entire inside, all of that goes into a, a software. Then we have a team that does our three-dimensional designs that we work with the customer. So when a customer comes to us from start to finish, they know exactly where their money is going. They know that when they sit down in my seat and they say, Chris, I want X, Y, and Z, and I'm drawing something on a napkin, that napkin is going to then get sent to them in 3D. They get three revisions. When they sign off, it will go. I know I'm going to get this exact van. And then we take that information and we send that to our CNC designer who will then digitally build out the inside of this van. So we know we start here. You said this, you signed off here. So the, it's just clarity for me. And because I have that clarity and now the team who comes from a custom background on board now, now we can build more than just campers. We can build anything if there's time and, and budget to support it. And RV Atlas listeners, if you're hearing the sound of a saw in the background, it's because they are doing this right now. Now, now look, you've now you've you've moved into yet another facility, which yes. I'm super excited about because it's in such a like a kind of cool, almost legendary neighborhood here at the Jersey Shore, close by yeah. to where I live. Um, tell us about the new facility, and you're also now doing transits, correct? Yes. So we are now in Manasquan, New Jersey. We upgraded from a 3,500 square foot to a 9,000 square foot. And then we have a second little building on this location that's 800. So we're going to, you know, probably grow offices over there. Um, we have, we got room to stretch now and it feels good. And I mean, it's so crazy in a, in a building, in a business like this, how how quickly you can fill up a space. You know, when something is 24 feet long, you don't have much space to, to really build. And, and now we have a we have a little bit of growing uh, room, so we're excited about that. Um, yeah, so we, we've taken on 
again, we've taken on the the um, the Ford Transit um, new chassis for us. We've really held off from building the Ford Transits. We have had no problem with building them. It's just in our industry, which is very difficult for a builder standpoint, is actually securing the vehicles. And we we're very creative, and we figured out our ways to help secure vehicles for for our customers. Um, the Ford Transit was the last of that fleet um, that was very challenging to figure out, and we have now since figured out we have very good relationships where we can secure vehicles. But that, have yeah. things gotten a bit better with the with getting the transits? I know it was really really hard to get them a year ago. Is is it still a tough environment right now because of the the chip shortage or whatever it is? See, it's not a tough environment to get. I want to say two wheel drive vans. The environment's tough for. Everyone who wants to have an all-wheel driver, four-wheel driver, you know, those style vans, whether it's Mercedes or it's going to be Ford, um, the allocations for the dealers, they aren't allocating a lot of these vehicles because they're not producing a ton of them like they are the two-wheel drives. So it, it it has gotten better, but there's two sides of it, right? I, I want to be – we are an honest business here, and I it really eats me up inside if a dealer is going to – you know, try to get one up on our customer. You know, if you're looking at fifteen, twenty thousand dollars over market value, I'm not going to do business with you, and my customer won't either. So I will rather call around the entire country to find you the van that best suits you, but makes both you and me happy because I want to give all of my dealers that we work with, we give them a ton of business, and it's all about being a, a an honest businessman. And it's an investment for your your customer because they're not just buying the van, then they're bringing it to you and, uh, you know, they're paying for you guys to work your magic. Uh, so anyway, congratulations on the new facility. I, I'm glad Thank we you. got the story and the background for Sequoia and Salt. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to come back and walk through the, the different floor plans and the process of buying one, et cetera, et cetera. But before we do so, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Rad Power Bikes and our friends at Omnia Sweden. With over 630,000 riders, 15 years of innovation, and a full range of e-bikes and accessories for every style of rider, Rad Power Bikes is the e-bike industry's undisputed leader. Rad Power Bikes is changing the way the world thinks about transportation one e-bike at a time. Rad Power Bikes has options for all-terrain use, city and commuter use, cargo and family use, and they also have an electric folding bike called the Rad Expand 5 that is perfect for RV life and for van life. This fat tire utility bike offers a powerful ride, but it's a real space saver and can be stored in your truck or SUV or right inside your RV. Leave your tow vehicle or motorhome at the campground and head out on your next great adventure on an e-bike from Rad Power Bikes. No matter which Rad Power Bikes model you choose, you will be riding with a rad grin and spending more time having fun and less time looking for parking than you ever have. Head on over to radpowerbikes.com to find the perfect e-bike for your ride style and join the rad revolution today. The Omnia is a portable stovetop oven that is lightweight, affordable, easy to use, and perfect for your next camping trip. Just pop it on your RV stove, your camp stove, or another heat source, and you will have an instant oven that can make all kinds of delicious food at the campground. If you can do it in a regular oven, heat, bake, or cook, you can do it in an Omnia. 
The Omnia requires no installation and works with a variety of heat sources to provide a convenient, versatile way to prepare your favorite foods like breads, pizzas, calzones, quiches, muffins, cinnamon rolls, brownies, cakes, and so much more. The Omnia stovetop oven is also the perfect gift for the campers on your list this holiday season. To learn more about the Omnia and to find great cooking tips and recipes, make sure you visit OmniaSweden.com. And to purchase your own Omnia stovetop oven and great accessories, head on over to BuyOmniaUS.com or Amazon.com. Give the gift of delicious food in the great outdoors this holiday season with Omnia. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with Chris from Sequoia and Salt. And in the first segment, we got uh, really the founder's story. You know, how did uh, Chris and Sarah begin this uh, amazing company that is local to me, which I just am so excited about. Um, let's talk now about like if somebody wants to buy one of your vans, it's different than just like going to an RV dealership or going to Colonial. Um, it's a different process. So if someone is interested, what does that process look like? Like, how does it get started? What are the different steps between somebody saying, you know, here's my down payment and then them getting their van? Okay, this is where Sarah jumps in. So Sarah, her job is, you know, if a, if a customer is coming in and they have an idea, they're going to sit down with Sarah. Sarah's going to hash out our, our beginning stages of what they're looking for, you know, um, from Sarah's side, she's going to coordinate having them come here if they can. Um, if they want to they wanna walk through some of our floor plans here, they will sit down with us. Or we can do everything virtual because, again, we have a lot of customers that are coming from all over the country to buy our camper vans. Um, they'll come in here. We start with a base deposit, which is $5,000. If a customer wants to sit down with us, they want to get in our build queue. We will show them, hey, this is how far backed out we are. When do you want to have your van built? Sarah, coordinate with them. We put down their deposit. Then they have their van sent here. We will help bridge that gap if they don't already have a van. Then we're talking for, say, one of our floor plans is uh, five to six weeks, sorry, six to eight weeks production time. And then they come and pick up their van at the end. And I should have asked you this already, and we'll get into this in a second. But you have, and please correct me if I'm not getting the details right, you have like three sort of preset floor plans. but And then, of course, customs are, are totally an option as well that, that are not existing floor plans that you've created already. Correct. Is that, is that so, right? Or Go ahead. Yes. So we have three floor plans that are very special to us. We really like these floor plans. We have one, which is called our stove. That's your more outdoors, your go-getter who wants to get dirty in the sand, dirty in the mud. Um, it's built with like airplane flooring. It's very, uh, I don't want to say industrial because that doesn't sound well designed. Rugged. It's rugged. That's the word. And then we have our high point and our Raritan, which are can still be rugged on the outside, but more interiors, more homey feeling. We're using shiplap. We're using, you know, knotty pine. So let's call that like a tiny home style. Our our stoke, I would say, is more so you'd call like a, a West Coast style because you see a lot of four by four West Coast vans and those are starting to come a little bit more on the East Coast, but that's where we got the idea of that style van. Yeah. So there's there's quite a difference really in, in the, the look and feel of, of those floor plans and then that that stoke floor plan which is definitely like be like an overlanding vehicle 
yeah. where the other floor plans like I'm picturing like by the beach somewhere, like one of those van life photos where the rear doors are thrown open and somebody's relaxing. So that's that is that is quite a range. So yeah. somebody comes to you, they put down their five thousand dollar deposit, and they're gonna you know choose one of those floor plans or do like a full custom, and a full custom still needs to be on transit sprinter pro master yes. right like you're not doing the school bus thing like you said Listen, people aren't bringing you, in crazy vehicles if you want us to build a school bus we will entertain the idea but know that from the amount of conversations we have with school buses it's always like someone always leads the conversation with i got this school bus for seventy five hundred dollars can't you believe it and you're like you're not gonna be able to afford the engineering that's gonna go into this van it's going to be expensive. Now, yeah. out, of, out of the customers that come your way, not to you know put you on the spot here, are most choosing a floor plan that, that you guys have already created or most custom? Is it 50-50? How, how does that break down so, for you guys? So believe it or not, we build our first floor plan the most. We started with our routing floor plan, and we have traveled all around the block with building custom vans and creating new models. And this year, it kind of just hit me. I'm like, sometimes like I can either, I've got a fork in the road. I can be a custom van builder or I can be a builder of our vans that does some custom vans. And one of those comes with way more anxiety than the other, right? If you're building a custom van, there is so much more engineering that has to happen and for us as a team to not be worn out, we've realized that we want to take on, you know, X amount of custom vans a year, but we really want to focus in on building our product and building our community and doing all these things. And if we can't get out there and enjoy our vans because we're always engineering, then we're going to like, we're going to start hating this at some point. And we really love it. It's our life. So our, our Raritan floor plan is, is still our most successful floor plan. So this year we're like, let's. Let's bring these back to the shows. Let's let's start pushing our Raritans again because it's a great model. It, it gets you out there and it makes everyone happy. That that path that you've chosen or that you're in the process of kind of going down this path where you have your set floor plans that, that are really your, your core brand, but you will do customs. That is a very cool path to me because the fact that you're dab, that you're, I don't want to say you're dabbling in customs, the fact that you still do customs in a serious way must keep you fresh, creative, uh, you know, kind of keep your eye on what people want, what's out there. And I would imagine that doing those customs will inform the core brand where, you know, if you think of a regular RV manufacturer that has five floor plans or whatever, they're not doing any customs. That's not, that's not a part of any uh, RV manufacturer. It can get stale, right? It can be the same thing for a decade, right? So I, I like that that path um, where you're, yeah. you're doing both, but maybe focusing on those <clears throat> core floor plans a bit more. It allows us to have a little bit of a freedom because we're not taking every custom job and we're taking the ones that we are interested in. And I feel like it allows us to not say yes to everyone. And when we meet a customer that aligns with our vision and they trust in our view, then we are, we are happy and we're excited to sit down with them. But you know, if someone sits down with us and is like, hey, I wanted this custom van, it should be half the price and I wanted it yesterday, then I just don't have, we're, we're 
bigger than that at this point in our business. You know, we want to, we want to start, we're, we're in the process right now of making this the fun house. We love what we do. We're growing our team and it's really hard to get someone up to speed in building who doesn't know what to do. And if you're building a custom van, it's not like a custom house. So we have to really, we have a core team, but we have to train them and it takes time. So to just jump into something custom, then I have someone who doesn't know what they're doing, which makes their job not fun. (laughs) Can you just, with those floor plans, with Stoke, High Point, and Raritan, just, what is inside them? Just the basic layout uh, of of how they of how they work. Okay, so so I want to talk a little bit about the the floor plan. So we have the Raritan, the High Point, and the Stoke. Um, all of them are very similar in the sense of they all have 400 amp hours of lithium battery power, 400 watts of solar. Um, they both they all come with vent fans. Um, they come with uh, you know full galleys, toilets. Um, bed and lounges, right? So now how that's situated in the spaces are a little bit different. Our tiny home style, our high point and our Raritan, they have, um, they one, our Raritan can sleep three, drive two. So the, the table will go down and it'll be a nice extra lounge or a bed. So our customers who have dogs or who have, are traveling with, you know, a kid, we, we have rentals and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, you'll see like our rentals, they sometimes rent that if it's like two friends on like a golf trip, they'll, they'll sleep in two separate beds. Right. So that's right there. Um, our, that has one kitchen, our high point has a small kitchen and then a kitchen on the driver's side, on the passenger side with a drop down table. So if you're hanging out outside, really comfortable and you can, you know, put your chartreuse board outside um, and some wine glasses if you're hanging out by the fire. Um, our so that's that's those models. They all come with a garage that has a closed door so that none of your stuff you know is is out in your main cabin area. And you put in like um like a Thetford porta potty or one of those types of um you know toilets like on a kind of a pullout system there's not full bathrooms like a a lot of the traditional class b rv yes. manufacturers would make and i say that as a positive okay i say that as a positive because it opens up the floor the floor plan and the space so much i, I like that about what you yes. guys do but just letting everybody know that yeah that's actually a good a, a good thing to say because that is the biggest difference between our business i mean we do build vans that have interior bathrooms in them but I never really identified with the bathroom. Um, you take up so much space inside of your van if you have that four feet eaten up by an open space. Um, so all of our vans are open open floor plans. They'll have a stowable toilet. They'll have an exterior shower, hot water shower system. Um, but our main customers are going to use the campsite or, you know, if you're a real long-termer, you're going to use uh, Planet Fitness and YMCA's. That's what everyone does. You know, you live in your van full time. There's no way that you are taking a comfortable shower day in and day out inside of your camper van. It's not happening. I, I Stephanie and I rented a Winnebago Travato in May that had a you know a bath or wet bath. I I could not take a shower in there. Like it was there, not 
something I would do. It was not (laughs) something I would do, you know, and I find those portable toilets to be quite useful, you know, protect particularly in a pinch, just, you know, like for, for nighttime use, whatever it may be. Now, did I let you finish everything you wanted to say on the, on the floor plans? So that's, and then we have the, the Stoke floor plan, our Stoke model. So yes, there's so many things that I can say here, but our, our Stoke floor plan is, is you've got your, your, uh, your kitchen on your passenger side and your lounge on your driver's side. You've got two galleys. They all come with overhead cabinets, a nice uh, console system that you know has all of your your electronics in it, right right above your head in in one of those uh, storage lockers. Um, so that that's like kind of our our base, but we build on our base floor plans. So like if a customer comes to me, I will give them a proposal that's going to say, "Hey, this is what's in our base vans." Now you can grow that however you want, right? So that's why I wanted to start, like our base floor plan starts at 41,500, right? So if you're like, hey, Chris, I have, I want to spend $75,000 for a van. I'm like, okay, well, you're not buying a brand new van, but we'll build you out a a pre-owned van, go on Facebook Marketplace. It doesn't matter what the interior of the cargo van looks like. We just need to make sure it's a high top. It's going to be one of these, these models. Um, and then you can always add like an AC unit on there. You can add an awning system. All of our vans are very separate from what you see in the markets because our vans don't have generators. When I worked in the industry, I noticed one thing. There's so much maintenance that happens for these generators. And from my perspective, if we have Tesla and all these battery systems getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Our future is in batteries right now. That's where I see it. So for me, I would rather give you a nice electrical system to start as a base with 400 amp hours of lithium battery power, and you connect that and you combine that with our DC AC unit. That means that our AC systems can be off grid for 20 hours. So our customers do not have to be connected to the grid. You know, and we, we, they all come with shore power, but we really identify with like, we want to, we want to be the Swiss army knife, but really nice. I think that from what I've seen too, uh, in terms of looking at class B's by the traditional manufacturers, the big three RV companies, that your power systems are more evolved. They're more of the moment than, than what you're getting when you go like, Buy a Winnebago, for goodness sake. I mean, yes. like you guys are working with what like what people really want right now that are into this stuff, you know, where in a lot of the class B's by the big RV manufacturers, like the equipment kind of feels like it's 10 years old sometimes. It and does. when I when I took a peek into what you guys are doing, I was like, this is what people are talking about on forums. This is what overlanders want. This is what people want. This is the good equipment right here. And it's and it's simplif- it's even simpler really than what a lot of yeah. the traditional manufacturers use. Well, I mean it's that's what you get when you're working with a smaller company is that like, you know, my wife and I we go and we use our van. I lived in my van. We're we're all in the space here because we are obsessed with this and we are going to make it right for our customers. And we came into this with the idea that we wanted to disrupt the market. And we see that, and it makes us even more excited. We're like the we're like the punk rock kids in the market right now. <laughs> you're, punk, you're punk rock kids, but I will say, when I walk, when I looked into these vans, dude, like the solar setup is neat. 
and tidy and tight. And it's like, yeah, they know what they're doing. I've seen some RVs where the solar, it looks like somebody puked up the solar system when they wired it. Like that, like that yeah. literally looks like they, they didn't know how to get it in there. You, everything looks so precise in what you're doing. Like the, the, the craftsmanship in general, but the electric wiring, everything looks like you have got this down. And I think that that's maybe a testament to like honing in on, well, we're only going to do this, or we're, we're working with this van until we master this one and move on to the next one. Like you can see it. And I get what you're saying, where if you had started doing like all these crazy bus conversions or whatever, people bringing in tanks and saying, make it an RV, you know, people do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like I could see how that wouldn't let you really hone in on the core product that Sequoia and Salt does. And when you walk into one of these vans, like Pink did at the Hershey RV show, my friend. <laughs> and she that's sure not did. a joke. That's not a joke. When you walk into these vans, they impress, mm -hmm. right? What, did, what yeah. did Pink have to say? <laughs> that, was, that was so funny. Someone's like, you know, Pink's at the show right now. And I was like, I, I kind of don't know what Pink looks like. I'm like, I forgot who Pink is. Uh, she hasn't been on my radar. And then I turned around and Pink and her kids and her, her bodyguard was outside the door and they're like, Oh my God. They're like, holy crap. This is insane. Look, she's like, whoa, look at these ceilings. And she's like, can we have a card? And I was like, that's pink. It's <laughs> like, yes. yes, let's, let's tell a band to pink. That would be so rad. All right. Look, we got a couple more questions. We'll wrap it up here. Um, you are now also RVIA certified. Yes. Can you, and, and that's a big deal. It is, you know, sure like when, when I heard that from you, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. So can you just, what does that mean to you and, and to Sequoia and Salt? Yeah. So I really wanted to, I, this, I, I keep harping or I keep like focused on this investment. Uh, this is an investment for someone and I want to make sure that our customers trust us. And there's two different ways in my mind that I can gain your trust as a customer is one i can offer rentals so we offer rentals to anyone who you know who doesn't trust us try us out and if you decide to move forward with us we will deduct up to 2500 bucks off of your van build from your rental costs on the the upfit so that's a good way to start to try us out and the the, the second thing is rvia certification rvia certification took a year for us to get. It means that they're coming, they're going through our entire systems to make sure that every single product in our system is sound and certified. And that opens up that, uh, that means that our vans are now on JD Power for resale. That means that dealerships who have been asking us at all these shows, like, man, you know, if you ever were certified, we'd love to sell you. It's like, well, you know what? There's one way that we're going to disrupt this market is we have to do things by the book. And this was a big part of our stories. We want to make sure that our customers are going to have a, a van that's going to last, you know, and last some time. <laughs> you're going to have that sticker, just like when you, you know, like when you go to an RV show. There's that RVIA certification sticker, um, and that that puts you in the same league that Winnebago's operating in, that Airstream is operating in. That that puts you on that playing field. Absolutely. From from my perspective. So congratulations yep. on that. Now, if somebody is interested in, you know, one, one of your floor plans or in doing a custom, don't bring the tank or the school bus, guys, okay? Uh, <laughs> how, how can they find you? Where can they follow you? Tell us the website again. Tell us the social channels again. Uh, any information our listeners um, 
need to contact you. Okay. I'm just going to, yeah. So I just want to start by saying, if you do have a tank and you want to bring it here, <laughs> please do. We want to be able to sit and take a photo with it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. But uh, if you want to buy one of our vans, you can visit us on our website at www.sequoiasaltvans.com. You can send us an email at hello at sequoiasaltvans.com. We are on Instagram at sequoia underscore salt. We have a YouTube. I think it's Sequoia something. I'm sure you'll put it in the show we notes. We can put it in the show notes for sure. Or you can just, you know, should I give my our phone number? If, if you want to do that, absolutely. Yeah, please give us a call at 732-357-3483. And you can give a shout to either me, I'm Chris, and my wife is Sarah. Um, I didn't talk enough about Sarah in this in this show, but she's a huge part of this company. And, and our team here is a huge part of what makes Sequoia and Salt successful. And we are so proud of, of everyone who's been a part and, and allowing the success happen. Yeah. And go, just go to my listeners. I found you guys on Instagram. It popped up in my feed or whatever it was, or maybe I found you on one of Patrick's videos from New Jersey Outdoor Adventures. And I just, I love looking at pictures of your vans. Like, I'm not that person that scrolls through Instagram, just like, oh my God, look at that beautiful this or that beautiful that. Like, I just love looking at your vans. I love the interiors of your vans so much. They're dreamy to me. It's what I want to be in. Um, so, so first point of contact, you know, if you're on Instagram, go follow them on Instagram so you can start seeing pictures. At the RVAtlas.com, we'll have a blog post to go along with that, and we'll have some pictures in there as well. Chris, thank you so much for coming on for your first appearance. I really, really hope it's not your last. Uh, take thank care, you. my friend. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon, Jerry. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas. To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to thervatlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we will see you at the campground. See you at the campground.